Yowza, 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 indeed. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Matt Kennedy, one half of the Five Films From podcast here. Wanted to take a second today before Todd and I get started on the episode to say thanks for listening. And to ask that if you've been enjoying the show, make sure you like, subscribe, and maybe even leave a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice. Doing that's going to really help us to connect with more movie-loving listeners just like you. Also, we wanted to give y'all an update on some of the stuff we're working away on for Season 2. Got a lot of good episodes lined up real soon. For example, uh, Todd's currently editing our two-part season premiere on five films from... It's actually going to be ten films from the two-part, or we're going to be doing Brian De Palma. We'll also be gonna getting into some more idiosyncratic stuff with guys like Stuart Rosenberg and Larry Cohen, as well as you know real Hollywood legends like Robert Altman and fan favorites like John Landis and Tony Scott. Again, be sure to subscribe so you can be among the first to hear all of our newest five films from content as soon as it drops. Totally. Lastly, if you're still listening, <laughs> be sure to be on the lookout for our upcoming Patreon feed. We'll be offering all kinds of bonus episodes, things like double features, commentary tracks, etc. 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 And special things like five films from directors who have only made one film and five films from the 70s disaster movie genre. Absolutely. So yeah, a lot of things lined up, good things on the horizon for FFF. And yeah, that's all I got for you. Enjoy the show. With Mac Kennedy and Todd Edmondson. All right, we're back. Going to talk about Altered States from by Sidney Aaron, which is Patty Chayefsky's pseudonym. Because, yeah, he, yeah his, his name is Sidney Aaron Chayefsky. That's his real name. So That's his real name. He, he wrote the novel Altered States, which became, he then adapted the screenplay under under a phony name, but that he, like, hates it. He can't stand the movie, right? Well, he, he hated uh, working with Ken Russell because yeah. Ken just said, fuck you, I'm not, I'm, I'm the director. Yeah. And you're and, not. And, and according to Ken Russell, you know, it says right here, again, welcome back to the Wikipedia podcast, <laughs> that, uh, quote, we shot every word that Patty wrote except for some trifling changes in the Mexican sequence. So whatever that means is enough to fucking piss off Patty. And I also think a lot of the sort of, uh, like, body horror imagery and stuff that comes down probably wasn't his bag. Yeah, probably not yeah. I, you know um i think patty liked to be on set and be the uh, associate producer and mm -hmm. make sure make sure his movie got made his way and uh ken russell was just not you know and ken russell too he also had um he basically his reputation was not the greatest in america because he's this flamboyant ridiculous made these ridiculous movies he made tommy he made right. um the angels or something like that and right? and yeah. he made a he made a movie with um uh, what was it called with um um richard chamberlain as tchaikovsky oh yeah and then he also did um and was that the same movie that had a giant penis in it? And you know, he yeah, also... he, I don't, I don't, I never. Oh, the Devils, not the Angels. That's the well, movie. He did Caligula too, yeah. didn't he? Wouldn't that? That's no, I don't no think that's so. Bob, Caligula uh, was. Um, the, uh, I don't know who the Bob Guccione produced it. I don't know who directed it. Bob Guccione is the penthouse guy. Yeah, 
And it seemed like Ken Russell was just known for being for making silly bullshit. Like yeah, that. I know it's not really my bag. Really, I look at these movies; they don't seem like that's something I'd really want to watch. To be honest with you, uh, I've seen all of them, and uh, because you know, like Richard well, Chamberlain, I've seen Tommy. Tommy's funny. Uh, Richard Tommy's Chamberlain funny. and Glenda Jackson—that's a really interesting story. But it's hard to, it's hard to, it's sort of a tabloidy version of Tchaikovsky, who was nuts. Hmm. I mean, he was a nuts guy. Um, uh, I worked with somebody who said his favorite Tchaikovsky story was that later in life, Tchaikovsky would direct, he would conduct, and he'd hold his head in his hand, like off to the side, and he'd conduct with his right <laughs> hand, and uh, they asked him why, and he said he was holding his head up so it wouldn't fall off. There you go. Yeah, you know, see, he uh-huh. kind of lost it. Yeah. But uh, Ken Russell, anyway, I don't know. I don't know what the beef was with Chad, with with Patty, but um, they didn't get along. So Patty said, "Fuck you." I, uh, um, you know, I obviously did the work, but I'm not going to put my name on it. So here we go. Arthur Penn, not Arthur Hiller, but Arthur Penn was supposed to be the director, but he resigned because he and Chayefsky, um were disputing each other and then ken russell got the job only after steven spielberg stanley kubrick Sidney pollack robert wise and orson welles all said no <laughs> <laughs> isn't that fucking crazy that's really great yeah. so he was like number seven yeah. or something <laughs> <laughs> that's when you know you're kind of a yeah it, it gives it a b movie yeah. kind of before it even but what, takes what about all the people he tried <laughs> to get to make it really steven spielberg Stanley Kubrick. I'm surprised Orson Welles didn't take it, but then again, he, you know, he, he could have needed the money, but shit. Yeah. It, it's, it's, um, you know, it's a funny thing, and and it's an interesting story because uh, we were talking about um, about deprivation tanks. You know, yeah, uh, they had whatever, a real moment there. Yeah, yeah one yeah, of our yeah. favorite movies, Simon, yeah. with Alan Arkin, is a Marshall Brickman movie. Uh, mm-hmm. It revolves around uh, a sensory deprivation tank. Same year, tank. same one or you know that was maybe 1980. This is 1981, but right. it was a so, thing. Yeah. yeah. So back in the 60s, uh, John Lilly was the one who pioneered using sensory deprivation as a way to explore the mind. And I like I. Said, I think it. I think it fell out of favor because people don't want to explore their mind. Yeah, <laughs> they don't want to exercise their brain. They want to exercise their glutes. <laughs> yeah, <know>? right. <laughs> Jane Fonda workout tapes. Right? There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. That's why you know. All, that's why there aren't sensory deprivation tanks in everybody's <laughs> house. Everybody has a, you know a treadmill or a Peloton. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> you know? right. That yeah. industry. That, you know, th- there was no. A company like trying to monetize it as well as the other. Right. Nobody it, was pushing it. Yeah, yeah. And this movie, this movie, in a strange way, it it's sort of an anti-drug movie, and it's sort of anti. It's kind. Of, I mean, it's a love conquers all movie, is what it. It is. really is. Yeah, but I mean, the the aspect of the of sensory deprivation and and uh, you know, William Hurt plays a a Harvard. Uh, medical professor who who uh, it's searching for the truth. Everybody's looking for their true selves. We're all trying to fulfill ourselves, understand ourselves, get in touch with ourselves, face the reality of ourselves, explore ourselves, expand ourselves. Ever since we dispensed with God, we've got nothing but ourselves to explain this meaningless horror of life. He's yeah. so earnestly searching for the truth. He's a little insufferable, but also like <laughs> some of the lines are great though because he's still got that really idiosyncratic dialogue down. yeah you yeah know, whatever ken exactly. russell did change the dialogue is still very patty very very yeah. yeah yeah and you got this you've got this guy who uh you know like william hurt um he eventually hooks up with uh, with blair brown at a at, and it's an all professor hip 
party where they're all smoking weed and drinking yeah. wine and, and there's music and it's not, everybody's very, you know, groovy. Bob Balaban is like his friend. His yeah, colleague. yeah, He's yeah. There yeah. Too. Bob, who was just, what did we talk about Bob in? Midnight Cowboy last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bob. yeah. Bob Balaban's yeah. excellent and everything. Yeah. Uh, and this this is, he's the reason I remember this movie from seeing it the first time. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Because of how he reacts at the end. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how he reacts at the end is just... What we saw tonight was a physical phenomenon, an inexplicable physical phenomenon. Um, so, so Hurt meets Blair Brown at this party. She kind of hits on him and he... Hits on her, and they end up. Um, they're pretty quickly married, yeah. And well, they, you know, well, the first time, the first time they make love, um, uh, William Hurt gives this whole backstory about how when he was a teenager, his dad was sick, with, dying with of cancer, and uh, it's 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 kind of they did they could have tied this together a little bit better because I think. I remember because I just watched this movie this morning, and the, the way that ends. Um, is interesting because when Hertz talking about his dad, he said at some point he said I was there every day after school. I'd run yeah. to the hospital. I do my homework, and I'm hanging out with him. And he was basically heavily medicated. One day I thought I heard him say something. I got up and leaned over him, my ear an inch away from his lips. Did you say something, Pop? When I heard the word he was desperately trying to say, a soft hiss of a word, he was saying. Terrible. I mean, that's great. <laughs> that was great. And yeah, that like really, hearing that it was just wow. That's really wow. Yeah. Or you, you know, you talked about the first time they had had sex, and she's always kind of like, and the subsequent times as well, she always sort of says he's distant, and it's kind of a strange experience to have sex with him. Yeah, and she's, she's like, "What are you thinking of? I'm thinking of God." And, uh... and the, I, I wanted to write down this a line that she says, and I'm just like, "All right, Patty, this, this is pure." <laughs> Here he goes. She says, "I feel like I'm being harpooned by some raging monk in the act of receiving God." <laughs> 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 that's really good. I see you, Manny. I, I see that. what you're yeah. doing. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's really good because he said, you know, I haven't, I haven't told anybody this in ten years, mm -hmm. and so they, you know, they're drawn together. But he puts his work over everything. He's, she's trying to find the great truth. He's that's really, right, the great he, truth. He, yeah, and yeah. She tries and to tell him. Human life doesn't have great truths. Yeah. Exactly, and and he never gets that through his head until the very, very, the very, very end. end. Yeah. And um, he believes. Um, he believes that it's true that, um, and, and the, the, one of the scientists and Simon have, says the same thing. Every, every human has a history of evolution in, in their, in yeah. their, in their cells, you know, at a cellular level. Yeah. And this movie is about getting yourself down to this kind of cellular level. And so what, what happens, through, unfortunately, yeah. is he becomes, he transgresses into this extremely He has to primitive. go to some, like, uh, Indian reservation in Mexico or something and gets this crazy, like, new, this drug that he had heard about that they call the first flower. Indians say it evokes old memories, even ancient ones. And the Inches call it the first flower. At first in the sense of primordial? Yes, in the sense of the most ancient. I'd like to try it. Do you think they'd let me join their ritual? Well, they seem like agreeable people. Which, yeah, I mean, it yeah. sounds like some Terrence Howard shit. <laughs> I've made some discoveries in my own personal life with the science that 
you know, Pythagoras was searching for. I was able to open up the flower of life properly and find the real wave conjugations that we've been looking for for 10,000 years. That drug combined with his sensory deprivation tank is what gets him in this thing where he's not only... It, he's like physically devolving. He's turning into a gorilla almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This guy's a fucking gorilla. Yeah, I wrote down like the... gorillium hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. That's excellent. <laughs> that's excellent. Because at some point, who's our man? The yeah. doctor from Tootsie. That's right. George Gaines. That's yeah. one line. <laughs> they they yeah. take an x-ray of him. And he's got this really weird throat thing going. And he turns and, uh, and looks at him and gorilla. says, This guy's a fucking gorilla. And so he's doing these experiments with Bob Balaban, who's his one like coworker and friend. The other friend is Charles Hayde as Dr. Mason Parrish. And mm. this guy looks like Patty Chayefsky. He's, he, he really does. does. Yeah, He really does. But talk about a fucking weird performance. This guy is just on 11 all the time. This ain't LSD, goddammit. This ain't no serotonin antagonist you're drinking. How many grams of that stuff do you think you've already got in you? Two? Three? You could be working up one hell of a case of cancer with a truckload of anti-metabolites in here. Hinchy Indians have been drinking that stuff for centuries. No special incidents of cancer. Fuck the Hinchy Indians! Yeah, yeah, he's really. I specifically really, when, noted this guy is giving it his all. Yeah, when he's not lighting a cigar, he's really just like he—he he doesn't know whether to, and he's stuck in this weird place where he doesn't want you to do any of this shit right, he yeah. said yeah, but then when if you're gonna do it i want to be there yeah and it's this weird like like southern accent i don't know what it is like, yeah i don't know where he is performance yeah yeah it's uh, not know. a bad one just an odd one yeah yeah it's it's great yeah um, but yeah you don't know you don't know what's going on oh stop talking shit you trying to say your dumb hallucination is externalized what do you write not common aphasia, time, space, fallout from the hallucination. You are a fucking fleet, Jessup! The, the funny thing, uh, I, what did I write down here? I said, you know, this, this, um, this Indian ritual, this, where you first start to see a lot of these, um, a lot of the visual effects they're using. And I, I saw in the credits where there was a lot of visual effects, but there's also a lot of macro photography, which was done from Oxford Scientific corporation or something with so they're basically like microscopic cells pictures of cells in 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 motion heart you see hearts beating you see all of this stuff and you see like oil uh thing it reminds me of um of the 60s where there used to be oil oil light projections where basically you'd use an overhead projector uh with all this uh these strange colored oils and you could just basically kind of dj yeah i, I, I know what you're talking about in the you movie. Know, yeah the movie i know exactly really hits the, on the image that you're talking about the, yeah because the, the movie is it's like a 60s movie for a while because the early and what did i say the the very opening scene where uh the original tank i said it's a cool tank it's sort of steampunk it is yeah and it, they talk about how it looks like one, a, yeah. yeah it looks like a uh, like a big water tank mm -hmm. or a water it, heater that's a totally good way of putting uh, it it's, it's brass this tank or at least yeah, it looks yeah. brass and yeah. he's just kind of suspended hanging there he's got this weird helmet on with the glass with the with like uh with swimmers glasses yeah bob balaban is uh, is always there and always seeing him through always falling asleep you mm -hmm. know? um and um after this thing in mexico he's convinced that and he brings a bunch of this shit back and and uh, our Charles Hade guy. Yeah, I want to analyze this stuff. You know, <laughs> you're pumping this shit into their body and blah blah blah. Oh, he's really pissed yeah, off. Yeah, so up. pissed off. He's great. <laughs> and and you know and and 
And Hurt plays this egomaniacal kind of character who's convinced that he's on a... It's like he's on a mission from God. Yeah, right. He's you on, know? He's, he's determined to, like, find some... Some ultimate truth. Which, and, and like, everybody tries to tell him, like, there, there's not any. Yeah, And that's what he shit. finds out at the end, right? Yeah, yeah, some more, yeah. There's another great Patty monologue where he says that. I mean, you yeah. know, I have found the truth, and the truth is not is that there is no truth. It's and, nothing. Final truth of all things is that there is no final truth. And I've never seen this movie before, but I feel like I've heard that line before. Or maybe I've said it. <laughs> I think it's a lot of people yeah. have said this is yeah, yeah. it's a whole lot of nothing. It's all a big nothing. What's important is being alive now. And and that's what made me think at the end of the movie, think about what his dad said. When he was dad was dying, he said terrible. And that's a lot like saying nothing. Uh, there's some great footage of what appears to be like hell. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where did Ken Russell get this footage? Because it looks like old film footage. It might have been some kind of stock footage from somewhere. But it's this heavy red and a lot of flowing blood and, you know, a lot of optical stuff, too. Uh, but that looked like actual film. I thought that was pretty cool. cool. I don't yeah. know where that was from. Do you see the flying fish just in his yeah, in yeah. dream? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was really... There was a lot of cool and effects. There was one, like, shape that I think I think we are eventually supposed to understand it as, like, the opening to the cave in Mexico that he was in. But it's mm-hmm. sort of like a... It just looks like a Pizza Hut logo. Yeah. And that keeps showing up on... You know what I'm talking about? No one out Pizza Hut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The little pizza... Yeah. keeps showing up on screen. You know, I... I, 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 I mean, what did I say here? I wrote this down. Um, it said, Hurts a religious nut from a while back, so the tip off is he's looking for God, capital G. Right. Um, um, and yeah, there's a lot of Jesus, like specific Christianity stuff in the beginning of this movie. A lot like, of yeah. religious hallucinations mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, even the schizophrenics that he's studying at Harvard have him. This girl that that's, got that's her what hooked they said. Yeah, said, I feel like my heart is being touched by Christ. Which is what Howard was going through, and that's what uh, Barnard Hughes was going through. Yeah, <laughs> Patty Chansky loves to talk about these sort of religious experiences as plot. Uh, uh, engines. Yeah, 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 and and yeah, the impetus for a character to just go off the rails. And, and it uh, doesn't seem like he's even particularly interested in exploring the particulars of that spirituality, because Howard is ultimately a, a, an empty vessel, right? Yeah, we know yeah. that from what Ned Beatty is saying, and so it just... Yeah, in it, fact, everybody, every religious guy finds out it's just kind of horseshit. Yeah. It, 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 may, it may get you through certain things, but in the end, it's not the answer. It's There is no answer. Well, that's, that's what William Hurt says. But what did I say here? Um, oh, ever since we, oh, he says they're all drunk and you know, and they're in a they're in a deli and they're all yelling. And yeah, that, I know that scene. Yeah, yeah he's and, got some good rants. Ever since we dispensed with God, we've got nothing but ourselves to explain this meaningless horror of life. I wrote here. I've done plenty of psilocybin mushrooms, but it was never this much fun. Right. Yeah. Uh, but a funny thing is, is I um, I had enough um, mushroom trips that were the same. Uh, I could close my eyes and see yellow on brown designs every time. It's yeah, really strange. Same thing. I remember like one of my like mushroom experiences that I think about is I was looking up at the ceiling and it was a popcorn ceiling. I've had the same thing. It's the best. Yeah, and, and it it's all, all separated and swirling yeah, around. It, 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 it's three four dimensional separating yeah. swirling around. I would watch the drapes breathe. Oh yeah, I, I'm I, looking in the mirror like you're out. Oh good yeah. god, yeah, that's like that's like uh, um, uh, poltergeist. Right. Oh, yeah. God. The exactly. Yeah. What yeah. You mean. One time I I recorded 
I've got a like two and a half. I remember hour watching TV and it was into it was in seven or nine strips that weren't in order anymore. I had like coming down sort of sort of near the tail end of it. I had had this idea of like. I'm gonna just record myself watching The Sopranos, <laughs> and so I've and I've watched I've shown it to Jack and Henry too, where it's just me like wearing a robe, really sweaty, just, <laughs> and you can hear The Sopranos dialogue happening in the same thing. <laughs> I had a ter- the only time I had an an odd trip is when I'm watching TV in seven different strips. And yeah, it's, some, it's like a World War II documentary, and I'm playing the soprano sax, and I'm laying on my waterbed, and I <laughs> drop the saxophone, and then I d- just totally lost my buzz, <gasps> thinking, "Holy shit, I gotta fix this!" I can. I thought I had really damaged. I really hadn't. Right. But yeah, it was too Shoot. high. Too high. Happens. Yeah. So, um, uh, so. So, what so we yeah, welcome back oh, the, to the Mushrooms podcast. Yeah, the yeah. incredible editing visuals were were really uh, were really quite um, were quite good when he mixes the when he first mixes up the the his Mexican joy uh, yeah. juice with a with a tank and there's a tank uh, just by coincidence. At, of course, yeah, this is years Bo- later. Yeah, they had moved to. He was in New York in the beginning. Now they had moved to Boston. They moved they to Boston. They got tank. married. They yeah. have kids. The time has gone by. Now it's 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 eighties time. Mm-hmm. You know, nineteen eighty instead of the late sixties or whenever this was when they were right. Yeah, I guess you. I guess you were like, supposed to think it was like time has passed. Yeah, time has passed. Yeah, yeah. and um, so. Uh, what was the, uh, the, the editor? Oh, of this and the movie. tank in the medical center is, I think it was Charles Hayden that says, Didn't that go out with the 60s or something? Yeah, like I know. That? He said that. Yeah, there's and another just sitting there. There's another thing where Charles Hayden's flipping out, not to just talk all about this performance, but, <laughs> but he, he like starts listing his credentials. I'm a professor of endocrinology at the Harvard <laughs> Medical School. I'm an attending physician at the Peter Bent Brigham Hospital. I'm a contributing editor to the American Journal of Endocrinology, and I'm a fellow and vice president of the Eastern Association of Endocrinologists. And president of the journal club and i'm not going to listen to any more of your capitalistic quantum friggin dumb limbo bumbo jumbo and i'm like <laughs> and then i saw i saw oh aaron sorkin probably likes this scene and has used it in everything because every aaron sorkin talks all the time about how he's influenced by chayefsky and i think he misread a lot of chayefsky but, he might have but yeah, uh, yeah. some of the scenes like you can tell like he stole that yeah <laughs> It reminds me of the studio guy in The Godfather. And a man in my position can't afford to be made to look ridiculous. John Marley <laughs> yeah. in The Godfather, that guy. So I said, though, so this movie, it's finding God and recapturing the 60s. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a collision of that. Um, and finding that the only real solace is just relationships with other people right love is the only real solace yeah yeah and he says that at the end and you know whatever that is that's what it is yeah <laughs> exactly yeah i love you Emily. but before that there is about 30 to 40 minutes of, nah, that's that's too much 25 to 30 minutes of this movie where it's like a real horror movie it's an absolute like chase kind of thing yeah 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 beryllium hurt escapes from the tank and he's chasing this janitor, and he eats a goat. It's all kinds of craziness. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and the janitor runs to the security guard and said, there's an animal loose in the basement. And the security guard's drinking his Sprite or yeah. whatever. No, going, he's what drinking kind of Miller High Life. Well, <laughs> yeah, specifically. What yeah. something. Yeah, I noticed that. I, and I noticed Charles Hayden is drinking Miller out of the can There's later. a lot of Miller in this movie. Yeah, when yeah. William Hurt is, like, kind of outside in his pre-gorilla mode, he, like, passes a bar that has 
like two or three Miller's product place. Yeah. There's product Miller placement. all over this movie. Yeah. So he he turns into this simian regressed uh, character and is fighting with dogs and garbage cans and uh, ends up in the zoo. Uh, in a rhinoceros pit, he's trying to fight the lion for his. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's rhinos surviving. making two in a row appearances on the podcast. Yeah, exactly, he's in the elephant pit, and the elephants are like, "What the fuck?" They're all kind of moving out of his way. He's drinking their water, and then he eats, kills, and eats a sheep. Yep. Ugh. And then, then he, and then the cops show up, and he's laying there naked, and it's William Hurt. Yeah. Again, he keeps going back to himself. And so he goes to jail, and Blair bails him out, and they're separated at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, they they have not gone along. She's been He's in, a, there's a great she's been in too. Africa, and he'd gone and done his Mexico thing, and yeah, right where he's talking about he can't be married. I sit around the living rooms of other young married faculty members talking infantile masturbation, who's sucking up to the head of the department, whose tenure is hanging by a thread. Emily's quite content to go on with this life. She insists she's in love with me, whatever that is. What she means is she prefers the senseless pain we inflict on each other to the pain we would otherwise inflict on ourselves. But I'm not afraid of that solitary pain. In fact, if I don't strip myself of all this clatter and clutter and ridiculous ritual, I shall go out of my fucking mind. Does that answer your question, Ruth? What question was that? You asked me why I was getting divorced. Oh, listen, it's your life. <laughs> Sorry I even asked. What uh, what got me after being arrested is she bails him out, uh, along with Charles Hayde, and uh, he goes home. And there's something about William Hurt. He has captured, what did I say, um, even his first movie, he's... Um, He's locking down that tortured yuppie soul, <laughs> yeah. but he also is very simpering about um, about how he's just like so proud of himself, yeah, because he's proved that he's right. And even though he's turned into this simian and I killed somebody, and, and he's like smiling about it. It was the most supremely satisfying time of my life. I may have killed a man tonight. I killed a guy he and I ate he's, a sheep. He's right, but he yeah, later he, finds out he's not after the exactly, whole explosion. But during yeah. this, he like, he hurts great because he's never afraid to be a shithead. He's yeah, he's consistently a shithead. I think he's a movie star who made his persona on being kind of an aloof shithead. Which, yeah, you know, not a lot of guys can do that. No, and he's yeah. great at it, and he's just super handsome, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and he's got this great smile and his nice haircut, and you can't resist him. Yeah. But he uh, he just and he's he's best when he's kind of sending that up as well like in mm-hmm. uh, broadcast news he's sort exactly. of like an, an absolute parody of his persona yeah yeah uh, i was telling you how great he is an accidental tourist he's yeah, just marvelous i think gina was nominated or won that, that might be, yeah i think you might be right i've not uh, seen that but I, I know she's outstanding yeah. and yeah and he manages to play as a movie star himself play a second fiddle to yeah and gina was not a big star Probably not, uh, yeah. Not really. Before a, a league of their own or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really great. So anyway, um, yeah. So I just uh, that really bugged me, but I understand that he, that's it, that's his character, you know. But you just want to go, oh, oh my god, um, I can't stand I can't stand the way he's laughing like he when he changes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I wanted to point something out. He's talking about production design. Yeah. Sure. Uh, about Blair. Okay, they're back together. And she's been in Africa, and I and 
her they're in yeah, the she's house. got like these like safari shorts i on. said oh my god she's an anthropologist she's dressed like the only woman in a tarzan movie. i know it's, it's, it's very terrible. funny yeah these like khaki shorts and yeah yeah and yeah, like and a, the, yeah and the olive green kind of you know short sleeves rolled up shirt yeah, where's like, your pith helmet <laughs> and, uh, yeah where's your pith helmet exactly Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, do you know who played one of the daughters in this movie? Drew Barrymore. I saw her in the credits yeah. and I never knew didn't, what it didn't was. Didn't recognize her, but I mean, she is before ET. She was one of the daughters. Wow. Yeah. Um, cool. John Larroquette was briefly in here. We got a John Larroquette mm-hmm. sighting. He's like an X-ray, X-ray guy. guy yeah. yep. What are you guys looking for? Just put these in an envelope. Who's reading tonight in radiology? Dr. Wiesenschaft. And then the janitor who's chased by Gorillium Hurd is Jack Murdoch, who was the lion, uh, lion, the rhino wrangler in Honky Dog Freeway. There the we last go. movie. So oh, man. Everything gotta, is connected. We got it. It's all the same movie. That's right. Um, and uh, it's, uh, that's right. It is. <laughs> let's say, so, um, so, uh, uh, she knows, she knows that he's, he's going through this stuff. She knows it's him. He's admitting I did yeah. this, even though nobody wants to believe it. And she's the first one to believe it. And um, I love you. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he's going back to original thought. Ha. Huh? Now, I remember I wrote, remember Flatliners? I've not seen that, but I know it's a, a movie with like Julie Roberts or their medical and Julie Roberts and, and Kiefer Sutherland, and they it, ended yeah. up uh, becoming a couple later. But it, it's an Oliver Platt. It's it's, it's a Joel Schumacher movie. A Schumacher, yeah. and it's set in coming Har- soon. And it's a uh, it's. I don't know if it's at Harvard, but it's at a maybe a Southern medical school. It's all dark and mysterious, and they all are. Uh, uh, it's like this. It's mm-hmm. like let's use uh, let's use a uh, let's experiment on what it's like to almost die. Yeah, that it sounds has cool. a similar. That vibe. sounds cool. Yeah. yeah, it's not cool. It's not uh, no. no. <laughs> but but it it was good. It was atmospheric. Yeah. it wasn't a good movie, but it had a great atmosphere. Well, that's Joel Schumacher. There they're all, they're often not great movies, he can, he but he knows make, how to. Yeah, yeah, he can make a movie. He's, look a, really he's cool. a fashion designer, so he's a guy who has got an eye for for, for visuals. Yeah, before he was go. ever a filmmaker. So he won't he won't stop doing the experiment. He knows there's a problem. He won't stop, and. He goes back in to the tank on his own, and this big, heavy, mystical 2001 yeah. uh, with a thing explodes, the explodes and all these yeah. big bright lights and uh, the glass breaks and everybody gets There's knocked like out the but her. There's like the liquid is just shooting yeah, out of it. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like totally bizarre. It's just like the beginning of, uh, it's it's like 2001. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, are you going back to the beginning of the beginning of the beginning, which is what he's looking for. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's, he's been regressing all that. Sure. So that doesn't end the movie. He she pulls him out of this swirling water, yeah. and takes him home, and every it seems like everything's cool. And then he starts transforming again right in the After, house. Meanwhile, uh, for a second, Charles Hayden and Bob Balaban have some really funny arguing dialogue. Yeah, they're yelling over really each good. other. Yeah. For Christ's sake, I haven't in there mopping up that goddamn tank room for the last three I'm hours. Not gonna, but I can tell you what I would like to do. We have got to repeat this with other human subjects. We need a selective sample. We will put up a notice in the Student Union for Volunteers, oh, something like that, Almighty. and uh, I guess five or six subjects. Right? Go back to the square one with them and step the up the doses community. of the drug in a graduated the fashion. With all the petitions against against genetic oh, engineering, and we can get out of the power. The big morals, and here you are, and you use an untested drug. I'm going to shut it.
but then just out of nowhere he goes through the regression again yeah right? yeah. yeah and it's and and it's in their house and she suddenly becomes electrified with it. She's clearly wearing a bodysuit that's mm-hmm. uh, he's projecting something on. And so is he. He's in this lumpen kind of mongoloid. Well, it looks kind like the state. werewolves in the Howling with the sort of the uh, his arms are all inflated and weird looking. Yeah, yeah. one arm disappears, yeah. and and uh, he's all misshapen and grotesque. And uh, she tells him this. Uh, I don't know if it's Patty's line or not. I think it probably is. You made it real. You can make it unreal. You know, you can stop this. And then he and grabs he eventually her hand does and stop thing. that. He eventually does fight his way through it. And he comes back to himself. He touches her. She comes back to herself. She's a wonderful tush. Dude, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. You can't help but see it. It's right there. Yeah, they're hugging in the and 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 love prevails again. That's right. Like yeah. you said, that's what I wrote. Right. Love conquers all. I guess that was, that was my note at the end of the movie. <laughs> Um, and soundtrack, uh, maybe it's because of the, the monitor I watched it on. The soundtrack is brutally loud in, in some crucial scenes. where the, But the soundtrack and the music, I don't know who, um, I wrote his name down, uh, John Carigliano okay. did the music. Uh, uh. But the sound design is amazing, uh, along with the visual design. You know, I can't fault Ken Russell at, at all for, uh, he's got a great story to work with. Yeah. Uh, and you know his visual thing was pretty cool. You know, for yeah. 1980, I thought it was pretty cool. No, I thought yeah, it, it was pretty. It looked amazing. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, def- it did look cool it for sure. Did. A lot of it did, especially um, at the end, that explosion. It looked real cool. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Dick Smith, we talked about his makeup. Mm-hmm. He, he was the pioneer in that hydraulic uh, thing. He said, "Yeah, what do we put some uh, put some balloons under the some yeah. latex and put hair and make it look like your arm and then suddenly we pump air in the balloon and it looks like your arm is uh, turning into I think into Popeye. the first time I saw that was Pry the Howling which is a movie that came after this but it looks it just totally is I remember that American Werewolf you. in London Which were those were the same year actually yeah. so it could have been both of them yeah But um uh, Rick um um Always forget his last Rick name. Baker. Rick Baker. Rick Baker and Rob Bottin were the two he, guys that often worked together. He did some. He took that hydraulic stuff to 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 an absolute yeah um, pinnacle. There's so, a whole thing between like the, you said. It's kind of a horror movie. Yeah, in a lot no, of ways. Yeah, especially that sequence with the janitor. Yeah, and the oh, body God. horror, like some stuff where he's in the shower and he looks down. He's got fucking gorilla feet. Yeah, yeah it's all yeah, kinds of like extra. almost like Cronenbergian in some points. Some yeah, of the actual yeah. body horror. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, anyways, <laughs> I, I don't know. We have anything else to say? Yeah, about yeah. It? I mean, this was no, not much else to say. I do want to say something here that we also got. I guess the origin of the blah 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 Patichewski first had the idea for the story when he had was meeting with Bob Fosse and Herb Gardner at the Russian Tea Room cool and so Bob Fosse was a great friend of Patty's I guess when Patty died Bob Fosse performed a tap dance at his funeral which is kind of neat oh, wow. yeah I didn't know that there was a bet where it's like if you die first I will you know write a, a eulogy for you but if I die first you got to dance at my funeral <laughs> uh, that's like the great writer and the great that's dancer a, that's yeah. a great friend too mm-hmm. yeah excellent yep. well we love Patty Chayefsky man absolutely. he was just awesome absolutely 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 give a quick shout out to maybe some other stuff he's written let's see um so yeah we we talked about all the heavy hitters he did write a couple of films before marty it looks like um something called as young as you feel uh with marilyn monroe in a small role and then something called the true glory which i guess was a u.s war office like propaganda film and in, in oh World interesting yeah interesting and so in between marty and, and paint your wagon we did the bachelor party 
the the goddess middle of the night and then the americanization of emily which is something that i want now to see. i remember that movie yeah. yeah yeah james garner julie andrews that is still supposed to be like a, a like a great anti-war kind of movie it, it is real it is really good and and uh, and james garner and julie andrews had real real chemistry a couple of and charming they, people yeah and then they had chemistry later with victor victoria that's right yeah and uh and that's a right. lot good of the call. one the blake edward stuff so yeah i love james garner he's just uh Mr. Cleft Chin. That's right. He yeah. even took a, uh, a movie called Marlowe, turned it into. That's a right, which is you know one of the like lesser known Philip Marlowe adaptations. Yeah, and I, it has a real TV vibe, yeah, production vibe to it too. But it's good. He's I great. Love, in yeah, it. I love uh, the Philip Marlowe character. Like I'm always always interested in watching those. You know, like the the original Big Sleep with Bogart. But I also am one of the few people in the world who loves the '70s version with Robert Mitchum, the one that Michael Winner did. Yeah, yeah. I don't love it, but it's. Good. I think it's cool. Yeah, yeah, I think Mitchum is so good in it. But see, a lot of people don't didn't like my dad, for example. Did didn't love uh, um, the 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 uh, Elliot Gould one. He said, "Oh, oh he's just tra- he's yeah. just Trapper John." Well, no, he's not. No, he's, I, it's a, the, he's he's guilty of making too many movies in a row right at the same time, <laughs> and, they, and he's good in all of them. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, no, yeah, that's a long goodbye. Let's maybe we could get a Patreon episode out of five uh, different actors who played Marlowe. Maybe if we have that, we uh, might have that. Bogey Garner Mitchum. Cool. They have four at least. Maybe there's another one. There's another one in there somewhere because um, Mitchum is twice, so he has two movies. He's the only one who has two movies. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so that could be it. That could be it. Yeah. Well, anyways, we'll investigate that further. That's right. Won't be next week, but it'll it'll be, be damn sometime. Soon. Yeah. This has been Matt Kennedy. <laughs> All right, Todd Edmondson. We'll see you. We're out.